Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode is going to be one of the last ones, I think. I mean, I don't know, I haven't thought of a structure, I haven't thought of which films to release in which order, but this is one of the last ones I'm recording, at least, for my California Dreaming series, and today we are going to be talking about Escape from LA. So I figured it would be a nice one to round everything off on, because it's clues in the title, right? Escape from LA. <laughs> I'm going to be leaving LA soon, sadly, but I haven't even been yet, so I'm still very excited. So hopefully by recording this prior to me even going, I'll still be happy because if I was recording this on the day I was leaving, I'd be f- depressed. So we're talking about Escape from LA. This was the 1996 sequel to Escape from New York with Kurt Russell, directed by John Carpenter. That film's a classic, right? That film is very good. I'd never seen this film before, and to be fair, it's not great. Look, it hasn't got the best reviews, and I can understand why it's got kind of cult status of being so bad it's good. But I kind of loved it. I kind of really enjoyed it. So I think the CGI is atrocious, and it looks so bad at times, but that's kind of the campy nature of it. It's camp, okay? It's an extremely camp film. And the funny thing is, this came out in 1996, which was, I believe, what, 15 years after the original in 1981? But half the visual effects, green screen, CGI, just the general feel of it, okay? Half of that in this film feels like it was made in the 80s, but this was made 15 years after. So you would have thought there would be some improvement and some partially good CGI at times, because, you know, in 1996, there was a lot of other good stuff, like, Independence Day looked pretty good. The Rock had some decent moments too, but this is alright, it looks but it's so fun, right? It is so cheesy and camp and nonsensical. But I think the story is so preposterous, it's fantastic. The ending is bold. I really enjoyed the ending to be fair. And knowing what I know about this film behind the scenes, it kind of adds to why I love it. So Kurt Russell was a writer on this film, his only writing credit for that matter. And apparently he came up with the entire third act and ending of this film. And I think that's great because it's funny and it's entertaining. And I can just imagine him being on set. I mean, I know he wasn't writing on set, like in the writer's strike, but I can imagine him in that costume with the eye patch on, just writing this and thinking, hell yes, this is great. Let's have surfing all the way through the middle of Los Angeles. (laughs) Why? But it looks so bad. I mean, surfing with Peter Fonda and chasing after Steve Buscemi in a really shitty looking car with shitty looking CGI in a shitty looking location. It looks terrible. Okay, it's set in 2013 and I like the notion of it. I like the idea behind it, like having it set in this post-apocalyptic world. They've got to go into LA because LA is now separated from the rest of America by water and that's where they dump all the bad people. I think it's clever. I think that's good. I would happily watch a film with this sort of idea, hence why I've watched it. But also the whole place is ran and dictated by sort of a Saddam Hussein meets Che Guevara sort of figure. It's pretty on the nose and at the time it definitely reflects what was happening. But it's fun. It's a fun film. It's daft. It's stupid. You're not going to think about it long after, but you don't need to. You don't need to worry about the effects. You don't need to worry about anything other than... Am I having fun with it? Chances are yes, All right, because Kurt Russell is fantastic as Snake and so iconic, so many one-liners that he just, you know, he just broods around for half of it, just saying, call me Snake, 
I'm Snake, the name's Snake, you know, it's stupid, but it works, like, it weirdly works very well, the leather, the leather outfit, I don't know if that does work, but then again, worked for the Matrix and Blade just a couple of years after this, so f*** it, why not, it works in this. Another little bit of trivia from this film, there's one scene in which he's on a basketball court and he's got to make five shots, he's got to get up to ten points, two points per shot as usual in basketball, and if he doesn't do it, he'll get shot. And everybody else has died trying, nobody's ever survived, but of course Snake comes in and he's nailing it, or he's getting every single shot, he's shooting some seriously deep buckets, and the last one he gets, I'm going to spoil it of course, but the last one is like a full court throw, just yeets it straight into the basket at the other end, and apparently Kurt Russell, in between filming, he would be on the basketball court practicing, making sure that he could do all of these shots, so when it came time to shoot it, he was actually doing it, including the long full court shot, like what, <laughs> what? So just little things like that, it makes me really enjoy this film, because knowing he did that, which is not easy at all, like that's a full-on Steph Curry sort of shot that he made, but he did it, and it's crazy, so I love things like that. Also, I love the directing and the music, right, John Carpenter has done both, and he's a good director, he's an iconic director with the original Halloween, that score in that film is fantastic, but I don't know why I was quite surprised at learning that he did this film, but it's pretty good, like it's not great, but... I don't care, like, I really don't care, it's a 1996 film, and I like how this film came out the same year as Space Jam, so that's two films with basketball related survival at stake, also you've seen this kind of film before, he gets injected with a serum that's going to kill him if he doesn't do what the president wants him to do after 10 hours or whatever it is that's ticking down, so the stakes are high, it's against the clock, and to be fair, by the end of it, that last act, I was genuinely thinking, these stakes are pretty damn solid, because there was even one point where I was thinking, I know this isn't real, but it kind of scares me, because what if this was to happen one day? You know, there's a big EMP threat that could potentially wipe out the entire Earth, and I don't know, that's kind of scary. Like, it's impressive to garner the response that it got from me, because I don't get scared that easily anymore. I mean, I used to get scared all the time, and sometimes things do really disturb me, but this film kind of terrified me because, I don't know, I don't know why, just the ending in particular. It was a depressing ending, it's a very depressing ending, but I just think it's fun. Right, I think the cast are great, even though they're not really good, I think they're great because of that. So Pam Greer's in it, Steve Buscemi, Cliff Robertson as the president, Stacey Keach is very good, Bruce Campbell's in a cameo, but really it's Kurt Russell's film. Right, Kurt Russell is the man. Right? He is the man with the plan to save LA, to save the world, or maybe destroy it even more. You know, that's the kind of beauty of this film and beauty of Snake as the main character. He's not really a good, well, he's not a good guy at all, but his motives are clear and establish him well as an anti-hero, and I think that's great. I think it's really good. It's really fun. I don't think it's as good as the first one. I don't think it is as good as Escape from New York, but then again, it's very similar at times, and the feel of it is extremely similar, but I don't care. Like, it's just a campy, cheesy, nonsense film, and sometimes all we need is one of those. So yeah, this film is very entertaining. They go to Anaheim at one point as well, which is cool, because that's where I'm going to be staying for half of my time in LA. So it's funny, they go the other way around. So they start off around the downtown LA and Hollywood area, and then they go to Anaheim afterwards, and I'm pretty sure that last act takes place in Disneyland, which I may go to, which is awesome, that's so cool. But then we're doing it the other way around, so we're going straight to Anaheim, and then we're going to go to downtown and Hollywood area. 
So that's awesome. That is so cool that this film literally takes place in those two places, and I'm going to be there just the other way around, so that's awesome. But yeah, that was pretty crazy how this film is distributed by Paramount, but there's a Universal Studios reference, and as they go to Disneyland, so this film is kind of cool how it's able to blend so many different IP products, but into a Paramount Productions. So, hell yeah, Escape from L.A., it's not one that I'm going to watch again anytime soon, but I would recommend it if you're just in the mood for something daft and a post-apocalyptic, end-of-the-world sort of film with a campily great performance by Kurt Russell. And I love Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is amazing. He's so good in everything. And I started this series with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he's in, and now I'm close to finishing it with another Kurt Russell film. So anyway, this has been Escape from L.A., I've been Kieran, and I'm hoping by the end of my time in LA, I won't want to be escaping from it, I want to just stay there, but sadly, I must come home, so that's depressing, but <laughs> oh well, there's always another time, but with that, I've been Kieran, and I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. <laughs>